You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We're here talking some more Nick Tuck. We're right in the thick of season two, um, getting into some of the, the very best of the show, which is great to be talking about. And um, we're jumping in right here with episode nine, Rose and Raven Rosenberg, which is a big one. Looking forward to going through all of this. And um, I'm Nick, and uh, all we need now is a bong and a flock of seagulls album. And my name is Ben, and you have my 10-inch dick to, dick to thank. Fuck, I screwed it up. You have my 10-inch dick to thank. That's what I'm trying to say. Damn it. Any professional podcast would have edited that out and make me sound funny, but no, whatever. I'll go with it. Well, you, sh- you, you shouldn't try that. I, I suspect you were trying a bit of a Kiwi accent for a minute there. I, I really wasn't, true. actually. I think it's probably just a stumbling block. You know, obviously, when you lie, you can't really say things, um, you know, that uh, easily. I mean, everyone knows it's 12, not 10, but, um, you know, that's another story. Yeah, yeah, I'll uh, just take your word for that one. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, uh, we, we're um, heading into the, officially we're into the second half of, of season two, which is one we keep talking up, and a uh, pretty divisive episode we talked about last time, um, but I suspect we might be more on the same page with this one. This is actually um, a strangely fun episode, I think, because, uh, you know, it should be after what was quite a heavy episode last time, you kind of expect that, you know, with the revelations from the end of the last one, that this is going to be, you know, another similarly heavy, dramatic episode. And while it is, there's also some some quite funny moments in this one too. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a good one. Yeah, I I agree. I I mean, obviously, uh, yeah, last episode was very divisive. I binned it, uh, sure, but uh, yeah, this episode's uh, an interesting one. I think I agree with everything that you say. I mean, it's kind of the, there's a lot of heavy stuff with this episode, but I, I like the fact that we kind of just get a very Christian Sean centric episode. We we kind of get a lot of um, moments revisiting their past, and um, yeah, I, I kind of like the exploration of kind of how it sort of goes from looking like it's going to end, and just the ways and the the context in saving their uh, their partnership, which I think it does a lot better with kind of the other subject matter in this episode kind of connecting to their their partnership than what they were trying to do in the last episode. You know, I could see what they were doing last episode, but I think this episode, it works a lot better. Yeah, I think so. And I think probably um, one of the things too is obviously you and I, when we sit down to do these, we have to come up with our killer quotes. And um, last episode was a hard one. There wasn't a lot of good quotes because it was so heavy, whereas this wasn't the same. There were definitely some uh, some some fun quotes to go through with this one as well. So I think that probably speaks to the kind of lighter tone. I also kind of, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm definitely somebody that kind of enjoys the, the flashbacks. So, well, not necessarily flashback, but getting into a bit of the history of how these guys ended up, you know, being friends and stuff like that. And uh, you get a bit of that here, which is which is really fun. There's also, um, you know, like the fact that they're kind of off, off base as well. You know, they're not in their normal surroundings, I think kind of uh, makes things a little bit different. And the cool thing about this one too is um, while there is a few kind of little scenes um of you know the others kind of like obviously um julia and, and liz as well this is really a very sean and and, and christian centric episode you know i'd probably say kind of 80 percent of the episode is really just the two of them together talking you know and i think that that's when the show is at its strongest so it kind of hits all the points for me that make this a really you know good show is, is kind of here in this episode yeah completely agree and i i'm a fan on any kind of show that i i really enjoy that when they have these, yeah, episodes where you kind of see where a lot of the main characters, you know, the sort of the flashbacks and everything. And, and while, yeah, we don't sort of necessarily get an 
actual flashback you know we get the um the kind of talking of it and and can i just say kind of coming off obviously talking a lot of uh third watch also available now via the oz Oz network um you know one issue that i have even though third watch is my favorite show of all time is they have a lot of issues with keeping up correct continuity on third watch it's something that they kind of forget about quite easily to kind of maintain that over the years whereas nip tuck i think kind of might be slightly on the opposite of that i think that ryan murphy does a very good job at keeping up continuity because i know i'm jumping ahead way here but we'll talk about it obviously when we get to the scene when they're kind of discussing how they meet there is a scene in a lot later season where they kind of you see this scene and they kind of keep it very very close to what they say in this and that's like four seasons later so again jumping ahead but like i still like just like as you said episodes where they do explore the the relationship the past relationship especially one such as you know important to this show that is sean and christian's relationship yeah, yeah, which is really nice because we do dig this show a little bit on um, not always being great when it comes to attention to details, you know, like Annie just like literally <laughs> just turning up when it's useful and, and all that kind of thing. So it's nice that when there is good attention to detail that we do point that out. But kind of let, let's start where the episode starts anyway, which is the two guys are, are at the lawyers you know, discussing how they're going to kind of break up the business. Um, and, you know, uh, Christian's obviously not keen on doing this. Sean's at him and he's going to do it. And the lawyers up front about the fact that, you know, they're much better off together if they can manage to work things out than they would be, you know, separated. And, uh, you know, I think that's a, a, a great place to start this episode because I think the whole thing is going to be about how does Sean get turned into sticking with Christian regardless of what's happened. And we see him at the very start. He's got no interest in doing that. Um, and just even the way this this whole scene's played where, you know, he won't turn and even look at Christian. You know, he's kind of looking straight ahead at the lawyer. It's all really well done, I think, and and these two just play really well into what's happened over the last episode. Yeah, I agree. And, like, um, I, I also really do love the fact that, uh, kind of going on that weird continuity thing that I was saying about in the future, that they talk about couples therapy at some point, and, again, sort of spoiler alert, there is an episode a lot long down the line where they also go to couples therapy. So it's kind of like a, a weird foreshadowing for what happens, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to add. I mean, it's a great way to sort of start. And you kind of obviously, how the last episode ended into this transitioning and, um, you know, this this uh, therapist or this lawyer, I guess she is, um, which, I mean, let's be honest, were you not thinking at some point Christian's going to bang her? Um, <laughs> whenever there's like an attractive woman on the screen, you always think Christian's going to have sex with her. Um, but... Yeah, I I think it kind of she sums it up very well about the fact that you know they are better off together and it just yeah sets the tone for what we're going to see in this episode. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and yeah, it basically just sets us up and we can kind of move into the next scene really, which is you know these two guys and this conversation with with Liz, where you know she's talking about you're not just breaking up a business, you're breaking up a family, and and lots of these guys have been with you for a long time. Um, and I think that's quite interesting about this whole thing because one of the things that's going to come back here later on, and we're probably going to get to that in the next episode, is um, is Julia's going to talk about you know how you how can you forgive Christian but you can't forgive me, and I, I think that there's obviously more going on there, but obviously the business side of things is something to really think about here as to as to why that's happening. Yeah, and it's it's kind of interesting. Obviously, we've we've talked a lot about the reveals which I guess we're about to get to in a second, but, um, you know, we've had the Matt reveal, the, the Sean reveal, the Christian reveal, and kind of the Liz reveal is not that she's really involved, of course, but, I mean, she's still part of the, the business family. <laughs> it's, just, it's done so blasé. But, yeah, it's it's kind of... It is interesting how he can forgive 
Christian, and it's spoiler, I mean, you've obviously watched this episode if you're listening to this episode, um, but I mean, it is a kind of a good point she will raise in the next episode, but just quickly too, I found it interesting in this, uh, the, the meeting as well, that we kind of, we hear that what they uh, net $1.4 million of assets a year or, or uh, revenue a year which I thought, based on their lifestyle, that doesn't seem a lot. Um, but clearly, they make do quite well, uh, <laughs> how they, they live off it. Um, and I also just love the line that Christian says at one point there when he's like talking about, you know, okay, you want to play hardball, I get custody of the furniture. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> you know, like she's like a pet or something. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's 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 quite a bizarre little scene, really. And um, yeah, we kind of get these. We're kind of setting up because we see these these characters at the start of this episode, and then there's not really a whole lot more with them. And the next scene we go into is another one, and you know, you kind of get in this whole thing where Sean's not really opening up about what's going on, and and he's a bit closed off. And this whole thing with Matt is really interesting because there's this kind of nature versus nurture thing a little bit that you know, Matt's talking about, you know, that he's closed off and all that kind of stuff, which is, yeah, he gets that from Sean. And I think that's, that's really interesting. I mean, I, I, what do you think in terms of casting? Do you, you know, do you think he looks, cause I think Matt actually looks quite a lot like Sean, um, whether that's just a haircut or whatever, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I think the two of them do look quite similar. Um, hmm. Yeah, I can see more of a similarity yeah. with Dylan Walsh than with Julian McMahon, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's, there's certain features, and it'd be interesting to know how much they cast really with this in mind, you know, yeah. thinking that you know, in, in a season and a half we're going to reveal this and we want this guy to look a bit like Christian. And um, I don't necessarily see that, which is, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It's not really an important point, but it is something to think about that, yeah, you probably weren't going to see this coming, really. Well, there's a, there's a bit of a... I mean, again, we're about three episodes, I think, too far in advance in what I'm about to mention. But there's a there's an episode coming up that involves sort of an alternate universe, which I always yes. wonder why Matt is in that universe in a context that we'll have to get to. Um, so, yeah, it's... Um, I mean, I haven't really honestly thought about that too much about looks-wise, but if you do think about it, I think, yeah, comparatively, he does look more like Sean than he does Christian, for sure. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, and obviously this this scene kind of finishes with a bit of an altercation between the two of them, and um, Matt kind of sticking up for for Julia a little bit, you know. An Annie mention, an Annie mention, uh. an Annie mention, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting again. Annie's obviously not important right at this at this moment, um, so we don't have to see Annie. It's <laughs> such a prop. It's like turns up when she's needed. It's it's so ridiculous. Terrible. Um, I mean, I, I I really like this Matt and. Um, little bit of a spoiler alert, I suppose, but, you know, this this Matt, this kind of stick-up-for-himself, um, you know, kind of strong-headed Matt is not somebody that we really see all that much going forwards. Um, so I really enjoy what we're getting here. Um, I don't know. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Matt as we go forwards a little bit, but um, I, I, I enjoy what we're getting here because it's, a, it's different from where the kind of character goes. Yeah, and I mean the mullet's growing quite well as well. Shall we just add? But uh, yeah, it's I, I do like that confrontation, and you know, yeah, I agree. Kind of, you don't get a whole lot of this with Matt, and kind of when you do with Matt, it's kind of when he goes on his weird little side quests that really don't work out well for him. Um, yeah. So I mean, he's kind of good at standing up for what he, I guess, legitimately believes at the time. But it's kind of we're still in those early days of Matt where you know, hashtag poor Matt is a thing, but not as much of a thing as it will become. And 
yeah, he's not necessarily standing up for his latest thing on a whim here. He's he's literally standing up for you know his dad and his family and and things like that. Like I, I like the bit when is it is it this one or is it have we already had this one? I think where he says like you're my dad, not him. Like I like the way he says that. Like that's kind of a sweet yeah. little. Well, line. well, it, it is, but but then he follows it up with, "That's what you want to hear, isn't it?" Um, and and so you're left with a little bit of ambiguity about does he actually feel that way, or is he saying what Sean wants him to say? Um, well, it's interesting, so isn't it, it, too, to notice that we haven't actually since the reveal, except for that one scene where Christian obviously knew and Matt didn't know, and he kind of was helping him at the police station after he was caught, you know, whacking off outside Ava's house. We haven't really had, <laughs> uh, since Matt's known, a scene between Christian and Matt, have we? Like, we actually haven't seen those two together since they both know. Yeah, that is interesting, and I, I guess we'll get to that at some point, but it is funny that that is not something that's explored straight away. Um, but we kind of end that scene, and we go into what I think is a really, really fun scene. Um, I mean, it's a hard scene, but it's also a really fun one, which is the, the two guys on the plane, um, and you know, and they've got this, this woman in between them, <laughs> and um, basically, like, Sean gets absolutely hammered, um, and it's just a bit of a yes-no game, you know, while this woman's, you know, listening to her music or, or whatever she's doing with the headphones on. She must have it up very loud. Like, she can't hear a word they're yeah, saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, even if even if she does, you know, the people in front and behind them must be yeah. hearing part of the <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's obviously just like really personal questions about, you know, did you want us to get married? Did you want us to stop? And, and all that kind of stuff. And um, I just really like how it's played, you know, like, like, Christian is a bit of an asshole, but he kind of, you know, it's just in typical Christian fashion, eh? Like, I just, I really like how this whole thing is played and the two of them not looking each other in the eye. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of fun, but also, you know, quite serious stuff happening as well. And fantastically edited. Can I just point that out? Just the way they kind of, like, do the quick little cuts between that and when Sean's obviously, like, drunk and they're kind of doing a POV shot and he randomly looks at that woman's boobs and it's like, just the way it's, the way it's edited, I think it's done really well. But, uh, you know, I love Christian, you know, he's like economy, you know, the last time I flew economy, like anything's first class are up and, um, just typical Christian. And, um, yeah, just, uh, there's nothing not to like about this scene. Like, yeah, you're right. Like very intense personal questions, you know, like, did she come with you? Like, you know, this sort of stuff. It's like, again, how these people forward and back aren't hearing it. I mean, I've just done a bunch of traveling and you can hear pretty much, even with headphones in, unless you've got that shit blaring, you can still hear what people are saying. Cause you sort of are loosely having to pay attention to if like, you know, the, the PA comes over and the pilot's like, we're all going to die. Like, you know, you kind of need to have it at a level where you can still be aware of your surroundings. Um, but yeah like everything about this scene it's just it's it works so well and it's kind of it's believable because you know you you would think that Sean he's you know he's being strong he's trying to be like fuck you all I'm going to do this I'm going to do that but of course he's going to have questions of course he's going to have moments where you know he he wants to know the truth I mean it's it's a sad fact of life if you've ever been in a situation like that where you get some incredibly heartbreaking news, you still, I guess, on the side point, want to know more to it, even though more realistically going to hurt you a little bit more by knowing the truth. But, you know, it's it's a very well done scene. And, uh, yeah, I agree with everything you said. Yeah, and um, it's just one of those scenes as well. And there's, there, there'll be another one coming up that I want to talk about, um, basically, where both these guys are really good face actors like they don't need they actually don't need lines to act as a crutch like they they're actually able to act just through their facial yeah um expressions really really well and this is one of them i think this is where dylan walsh is a real standout you know he kind of just he really plays that kind of heartbroken side without you know being um overly dramatic it's yeah it's 
it's just really impressive. And we kind of then move into and kind of this whole thing going behind it that. Um, I mean, I don't think that it's important, but we kind of get into this thing about everything's done on the cheap, but um, and Krishna's not happy about it, basically. But then we go into the second one where they're they're about to do this pro bono work, and they're staying in the the kind of student halls at this medical school, and and Sean's not happy about that because he's going to have to share a room with Christian, which is not something he had banked on. Um, yeah, so it's just it's really interesting this whole thing. But yeah, we kind of get into the scene. Obviously, these guys are. Um, are going to be doing this the surgery and we we kind of get into and I think it's a, probably a little bit on the nose that this whole thing is based around separating um, conjoined twins which you know is uh, yeah pretty pretty blunt kind of talking about what's actually going on in this episode between the two of them as well that you know trying to separate these two people that are that are you know combined in so many ways so it's it's a little bit sometimes you get that with Nip Tuck it's it's really obvious what they're going for with the with the main story. And this is one of them, but I, I guess it works okay for the. Yeah, you know, I mean, is that a problem for you? Do you find it no, a no, too much? no, no? Like as I said at the beginning, I think the the I would say subtlety. It's not subtle at all, but like I think the kind of the context that they do with this one works so much better than what they were trying to do last episode with the whole faith thing. Um, and I just, I just, I like how they, this works and yeah, like you're not, you're not wrong in terms of, and we've gone over a lot of episodes, how like it's really kind of obvious what they're trying to do with the, the context in the, you know, the main, uh, surgery subject versus the conflicts in the, in the lives of the, the main characters. But I, I think it kind of works. I mean, like, as you were saying before, how they're sort of on the road, I mean, what they're in New York, aren't they kind of for this, you know, groundbreaking surgery. Um, but yeah, I, I think it works. And I think that the thing that's actually really interesting too, the, what they do with this episode is kind of side note as well was, is the fact that these conjoined twins are actually real conjoined twins in real life. I don't know if you knew that, but, um, I did know that. I, yeah. I actually did my research, believe it or not. I did my research on, on this. Yeah. And, um, it's a, it's an incredibly fascinating story about these two. Um, so if it's something that you're interested in, I suggest you look it up because it is a really interesting story. Um, about these two and you know they've obviously been in a few things um yeah i mean part of me was absolutely not surprised that this was a, a real life um these these were conjoined twins in real life that didn't really surprise me all that much um it's a little bit complicated and, and they drop a lot of information in this scene where it's kind of like so one of them has cancer which is why they're doing this surgery mm. otherwise they they wouldn't want to have done you know have this done um and it's not always made hugely clear exactly which one of them is sick and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Um, yeah, so I think they drop a lot of information. And, you know, the scene where they're kind of doing the, the, the almost like the, the press conference, you know, where all the doctors are sitting there, um, there is a lot of information. And it's one of those scenes you almost have to watch a couple of times to get everything that's going on in, in that scene. Yeah. Um, there's just a lot of information that happens there. And it, it does become quite important later on. Um so, yeah, you do have to watch that one quite carefully. And I also, like, the one thing I'll say negatively against kind of this storyline, though, it's it's kind of, I think this is one of those ones in Nip Tuck where, and maybe this is where it doesn't work necessarily well. Like, we, we know that the show kind of prides itself on using real-life uh, stories behind their surgeries. And I'm not saying it's not real life. Of course, there are conjoined twins who have been removed. I, I, look, I don't know what the oldest ever conjoined twins being separated that survived is. That's maybe something, Nick, you could have researched, you idiot. I don't know. Uh, but, like, um, I think it kind of... 
suspends a bit of belief to think that these two could be separated and it could be successful. And I also, from a media person's standpoint, there would be a whole lot more media around this uh, than we see. Like, I mean, this would be a big deal uh, if they were Although, legitimately be, going through fair, with they, this. Just to be fair there, they do drop some lines um, later in the episode about, yeah. you know, yeah, about them, you know, who live in a normal life and all that kind of stuff. So I think there is there's a little bit of lip service paid to it, but yeah, definitely agree that um, it, it's kind of glossed over a little bit here. Um, I also just it just feels like these guys are so unprepared as well. Like if yeah. this was breaking surgery, that yeah, they probably they all seem so like blase and calm. Like look, when I mean, we saw it was in the first season, wasn't it, when he was um, with Sophia Lopez, how he's like, going to bed at night studying, like, you know, this yeah. new surgery and stuff like that. I mean, that's a gender reassignment. Obviously, it's got lots of microsurgery and all that sort of stuff. But, I mean, this is separating two people who are attached to the head. Uh, I mean, if they've got two <laughs> yeah. brains. Like, I mean, it's just kind of, to me, yeah, like, this is kind of where it's like you really have to kind of suspend belief a little bit with the realism of this surgery because it's kind of, I, I just can't imagine that two people who are, Attached the head, like if they attach it like the body or something like that. Sure, it might be. Again, I'm not a doctor, people, but like it's to me, it seems that you've got these two people conjoined at the head that they just are so blase and like, yeah, this will work. Um, and it's kind of like, really, like if it's that simple. Uh, why haven't they done it in real life? And, like, by all means, the actresses... Well, let's be technical, actor and actress now. Um, like, if they wanted this in real life, like... I don't know. I just I just think it's definitely a case of don't necessarily go into the surgery side of this episode thinking that, okay, yep, that's pretty pretty believable. Yeah, I think so. Um, and, I mean, let's, let's, we can come back to that when we, when we actually get into the surgery scene because... It's um, one of the more intense surgery scenes I think oh, yeah. we've seen on this. Um, so we can definitely get into that a little bit more. But uh, we, we cut out of that scene and come come to one with Matt and Julia, which I think is is really interesting. And I think what the the you know they really start this kind of setup that that Matt's kind of brooding and and not dealing with the situation very well and and basically pissed off at both his parents. Um, and you know so she obviously uh, Julia comes around to the house and. Um, you know, Matt's making an absolute pigsty of the place and, and just sitting playing Xbox or whatever he's doing. Um, and, you know, kind of has this confrontation with with Julia. Um, I think there's some really good acting going on here between both of them. And, and this is a good Jolly Richardson scene. I think she plays this really well. Um, this kind of exasperation, um, that's where she's really good, I think. Um, and then we obviously get the, the nugget of information that he's back with Ava. Um, so this is you know going to set up some more stuff that happens later in the season. But I think probably what we're really setting up here is that that Matt's not coping, and you know none of his th- now three parents are really dealing with the situation all that well. They're probably still wrapped up in what it means for them. Um, and I don't know if you agree with that, but that's kind of where I feel we're, we're heading with this little, you know, the storyline about you know nobody's really stopping to think about how Matt's feeling about it. And I think, yeah, and I think definitely season two shapes Matt as a character uh, through the yeah. whole hashtag poor Matt. I mean, we've got two pretty significant things happen to him in this season. Right now we're in the midst of him having this crisis about his parents and the whole Ava situation still has to come to a head. But um yeah, and can I just also quickly, side note, uh, what a cock tease this episode. We hear Ava and Annie's name, and not once do we see them. Fuck you, Ryan Murphy. Um, but, yeah, it's... I agree with everything. Like, Jolly Richardson, like, does it well here. And it's kind of... I think you summarise it well, like, an episode or two ago, at least, where you were saying, like, it's it's written very well that 
you know, you don't always necessarily feel sorry just for one. You kind of feel sorry for everyone involved in this whole scenario. Um, and, like, particularly, like, Julia in these, like, next few episodes, like, the sympathy card really gets played for her. When, I mean, on, on paper, she's kind of the one who sort of kept this. So you can see why people are very pissed off at her. But it's still a case of you still, like, feel sorry for her and kind of how she's dealing and coping with it. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Other than that, I agree with everything you said. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a well-acted scene. Uh, again, uh, it's kind of slightly ruined when you realise it. Probably at this time, these two actors, as soon as they yelled cut, probably went off to their trailer and had sex. Uh, but, um, you know, let's just forget that uh, these two in real life dated for quite some time because I, I try to, yeah. but it never works. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's best not to not to think about it, I think. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it, it's quite a small episode um, within the scene. Um, uh, within the episode, and you know, I just <laughs> I keep going back to that terrible haircut that Matt's got going on. It really is awful. Um, but he, you know, he doesn't really... keep, he doesn't maintain a very good hairstyle, does uh, John Hensley throughout the series run of Nip Tuck, does he? <laughs> no, <it's, laughs> through it's, through it's, mullets it's and shaved a... heads, it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that um, what what's that chick called that that does that hair the hairdresser show? Um, she oh. you know she wouldn't be happy. Yeah, with that. the have, hairdresser have show. A, Tabitha, that's the one. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm an avid watcher uh, coming soon to the Oz yes. Network. Uh. Yes, totally. totally. <laughs> um, yeah, um, so anyway, we, we move on past that scene and uh, yeah, we get back into the two guys in their dorm room and um, they're both studying, believe it or not, which is unbelievable. Uh, is this the only time we're ever going to see Christian actually studying for um, a surgery? Uh, it could be, yes. Uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a bit of an odd one here, but um, yeah, it, it's really interesting because we kind of get into the the hows and the whys, and and you know this is go- we're now going back to how they used to be when they were students, and um, the fact that this whole argument that Sean basically dragged Christian through medical school, um, and Christian saying that well you know by doing that it actually made Sean a better surgeon. Um, yeah, it, it's a really, it, it's kind of one of those things that keep we keep coming back to all the time, and and there's definitely an inferiority complex happening here with Christian, but it, it, it's this kind of tug of war that continues throughout this whole series. Um, that you know, Christian's kind of the flashy part of the team, whereas Sean's the one that he's the talent, he's bringing the talent to the team, and we're kind of just building up that story and kind of where it's all come from. And yeah, it, it's a it's really good. Um, one of the things I really noticed about the scene is we keep going back to it again and again, though, is that Sean just doesn't do the eye contact on this episode. It, it's really interesting. Like, it's a couple of scenes where he kind of looks, but there's this real kind of deliberate, like, looks away quite quickly. And, you know, he's working with his back to Christian. Um, yeah, it, it, it's really quite insane. I mean, if this was real life, it would be really scary to think that, you know, these two doctors are going to go in and perform surgery on me tomorrow when they can barely look at each other. Um, I think it's all just really well played. Yeah, I, I never noticed that uh, kind of what you're saying about the eye contact, but kind of thinking to it, you, you definitely, I definitely see what you're saying there. But um, yeah, I, I, it's such a well set up thing, and kind of you know, again, as you said earlier in this episode, like it's a show that kind of can gel over the small details, but like when they do keep sort of a consistency level up, it's it's done very well. And yeah, this this whole sort of back and forth between you know Sean being the talent and. Christian being the salesman, like it just it works, and like I think they kind of do definitely complement each other very well as we learn throughout the series run. But kind of going back what I said at the beginning of this episode, just just bookmark this moment when Sean mentions about how they met, and uh, I, I think it's the sixth season from memory. Um, it's either the fifth or the sixth, but we we definitely get a scene, kind of a, a flashback episode. 
uh, where we see, like, we see them meeting and it's like, it's very well done and it kind of does definitely play up to what is explained in this. So, um, I, I you know, props that they can do that four seasons later and pretty much get it spot on. Um, to what they yeah, explain yeah, here. And that's, that's that the thing were... with shows where they like, they can easily forget how they explain at one moment and kind of, you know, go for the flashback episode. But they kind of do maintain that story quite strongly four seasons later. Yeah. And I mean, it's nice to think that, you know, I and mean, there would be, you know, you think it makes common sense and it, it's basic homework that you go back and look at the scene where you talked about this and, and recreate it. But there are lots of TV shows that don't go to that effort, you know, and even good ones that, that don't kind of go back and make sure that they are doing everything consistently. So you, you've got to, got to hand it to Nip Tuck that they have gone and done that, which is really cool. So yeah, really enjoy that. And we, we then go into um, this next scene, which is in the cafeteria and, you know, we kind of get this this thing where um, we we see this other these other two guys who potentially are the you know the younger versions of Sean and Christian. Um, you know, one of them's the good looking guy who's who's getting the girls, and the other one's the the brains of the outfit type of thing. Um, so that that's really interesting. We're a bit on the nose again, I suppose, but it, it's quite fun to watch that. And then we obviously get this interruption for Christian where he gets this phone call from Julia because um, she's worried about Matt and Sean's not answering his phone. And I really love how it all ends. You know, we, he's on the phone to her and um, she kind of says to him, well, how's he doing? And just as he kind of walks up and he stands right in front of Christian, Christian's just like, bad. And uh, he yeah. hangs up the phone. <laughs> it's really cool. I like how they end that. It's awesome. Yeah, and the fact too that he doesn't hide the fact that he's on the phone to her. It's not like, oh shit, you know, like he's near me. Like he's just, he's, he's flat out open. Like Sean knows. Um, and then Christian's kind of just, you know, like, yeah, like he's, she's trying to call you and he's just like, oh, bullshit, you know. Uh, but yeah, I like the kind of scene when they're looking at that sort of, you know, the, the young, the young guys and the girl there. And I mean, it got me thinking, Nick, like, I mean, obviously one of us is between us is a good looking one. The other one's the brains. Uh, I'm pretty dumb. So does that make me the good looking one here? <laughs> you want to be, you want to be the Christian. Yeah, well, I mean, you, clearly, I'm Australian too, so... <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, don't, I definitely don't have the fashion sense to pull off the Christian Troy. <laughs> All right, I'll take it. I'm Christian, haha. Uh, but, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I, I mean, this it does work, and, like, just kind of the way they kind of sit apart. The thing that, like, it baffles me, it's like, I get the, the kind of the low-budgetness of how they've got to share a dorm at this, you know, college, and obviously, you know, all this and everything else, but, like... For two, like, world-class surgeons who have been invited to this world-first surgery who, you know, surely have to cut a few corners here and there to, uh, you know, uh, stay at this facility, why do they still have to eat in the cafeteria? <laughs> like, I mean, can they still not go somewhere else for a nice meal? I mean, I know what they're trying to do here. If they did, we wouldn't get this scene. But I don't know. I just think, is that a bit weird to you that they, they, they're just still eating with all the college? And aren't people in this college going... Why are there two like two old dudes sitting in our cafeteria? <laughs> the thing I think is that is these guys are about to go in and do presumably a very very long surgery. This isn't something that's going to take an hour and, and they'll be finished. Um, you know, it's a world first, crucially important surgery, and they're eating you know complete shit that they're getting <laughs> from the cafeteria. Like you think that they put on like the absolute best breakfast they possibly could for these guys. Like if you're going to yeah. cut corners anywhere, it shouldn't be on what these guys are going to eat before they go into a massive surgery. Yeah, and I will say, just, I mean, from experience, uh, my recent trip to the US, I had I kind of had two experiences on actual college campuses. I did a city tour in Boston where I ended up, uh, part of the tour took, took you to Harvard and MIT, and you're just freely allowed to walk around the campus, like, cool, here you go. 
Uh, and then when I was in Kansas with a friend, she was like, oh, uh, we've got to go to, you know, Kansas, KU, Kansas State. And, you know, they've got this really famous ice creamery as part of their, like, some dairy school. And again, you just drive around campus, you just get out of the car, you just walk into this ice cream shop in the middle of, like, the campus, and it's like, it's whatever. It's like, cool, all right? Um, I mean, it's just, to me, like, I don't know what school university is like in New Zealand. I guess it's probably more similar than Australia, but I, I wouldn't necessarily go to, you know, the university that I went to in my campus just to go get food. <laughs> I mean, I think that's, I mean, let's be honest, there's no good uh, cafes or restaurants at fucking Utah's. It's shit, but, um, you know, anyway. That's just kind of maybe that's the how it is in American colleges, and my two experiences, I guess, can kind of back that up. I guess. Yeah, well, I guess my only other um, thing I can relate this to is that you know there's obviously the one in the Big Bang Theory where they spend a lot of time. Um, seems to be a bit of a similar setup, True. and they're yeah. always doing important scientific work, or maybe not. But um, yeah, and they always eat, eat rubbish as well. So maybe I'm just over analysing this. But um, it's yeah, an American thing. To... The Americans just yeah, love it, yeah. whereas Australians and New Zealanders, are like, oh, who would eat there? Like our food at our uh, universities is just shit. But theirs yeah. is amazing. Yeah, yeah, and no, in America it's probably enormous portion sizes. Well, it was as well. good ice cream I had um, at the one at Kansas State. So I mean, you know, <laughs> from the yeah. food I've had on college campuses in the US, it was pretty decent. So there you go. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, then we go into this this um, surgery scene, which we talked up a little bit before. Um, obviously, it starts with you know the, the two of them kind of having this song before they go. And I'm I'm never a huge fan of people singing and things like this, but um, it's a sweet moment. <laughs> you don't um, have a sweet bone in your body. Like uh, I don't like this sweet scene. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't really work for me. Um, I think probably one of the things that's interesting to me is would they wait until they were just putting them under before they shaved their heads? Um, mm. You would think that they would have done that first. Yeah, um, but I, I agree. Way, let's let's not pick too many bones on this thing. But um, one of the things I absolutely love about this, and you know how much I love to to talk about the scrub colours, and obviously <laughs> yes. the, everybody's in you know coordinated scrub colours for this, and and Sean and Christian are in bright red, um, which doesn't seem like the the best thing when there's going to be blood around. But I guess you run out of colours after a while. But it'd be yeah. interesting to know if this is an actual thing, like in a surgery like this where you've got different teams if they are in different coloured scrubs or if this is just something to kind of make it easier for the viewer. I suspect probably the second, um, but you never know. I, yeah, it reminds me of, like, the Amazing Race. Like, you know, they're all yes, paired yeah. off. But, but, yeah, like, I can't imagine in the middle of a surgery if you're all in the same coloured scrubs. It's like, where's our ear, nose, and throat specialist? I, I can't tell the difference. You're all in the same scrubs. And, like, the guy yeah. who's, like, there for the, the brain surgery, oh, yeah, I'm in control of that. Like, they're not going to lie about it. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah. But, I mean, my question here is Christian and Sean are plastic surgeons, right? So, like, I can understand how they've got to kind of be involved slightly at the beginning because they need to let them know where they've got to obviously reconstruct the the head and everything like that sort of stuff. But why are they the ones doing the initial incision? Shouldn't that be, like, down to the, the brain person or something like that? Like, surely there's a head surgeon. I wouldn't assume that the plastic surgeons are the head surgeons. Again, not a doctor. I don't know the hierarchy of surgical procedures, but I would just assume that plastic surgery isn't up there with some other forms of surgery. Yeah, I guess there's probably a little bit of um, narrative license being taken here. Yes. That, you know, <laughs> the, the surgery has to kind of revolve around these two guys because um, it wouldn't be all that interesting if these, these guys are kind of in the background. So, yeah, I would agree with that. 
um, especially when we get into um, although the scene where you know you've got doctors ac- actually um, shoving instruments into their brain mm. um, that seems to be um, yeah that seems to be not a Sean and Christian thing. So it definitely um, yeah, made I me mean, cringe. I don't generally cringe a lot in surgeries on this show, but that this one was a bit difficult to watch for me. Yeah, this is a this is a tricky one. I think probably the difference with this one as well is that we're used to seeing these ones where it might be a, you know a boob job or whatever it might be. And there's no stakes really, whereas this is like a like this was stressful to watch because it's there are actual um, you know kind of life altering um, issues here, you know, and and it becomes very real. Um, whereas you generally don't get that in most of the surgeries on this thing. It, it's not one of those things. But one of the things I just I really just couldn't uh, uh, I was about to say get my head around, but it's probably the wrong term to use <laughs> for what we're talking about here. But the moment where they actually where they actually separate them, it just seems so crazy to me. Like they yeah. just, yeah, it just doesn't feel right to me. It just looks uh, too easy, doesn't it? Like the way that it's yeah, pulling apart. Look, let's go off, you know, off into our separate teams. Yeah, like this kind of going back to what I was saying before about how they connected the head. And I mean, I know we kind of have that section. You're saying how like, you go back and watch that scene over again because they're kind of giving, um, you know, their thoughts in terms of like, do you have feelings? What about intimate relations? All this sort of stuff. But like, do we ever get it explained if they've got two brains or like because they're connected at the head like i mean for, for something so um delicate in that part of the body because you've got fucking brains like i mean like they've drilled they've got to chop them apart at the skull like when they pull them apart like how do they stop the brain from like falling out of their head like, i don't know i'm not a doctor again but like yeah it just looks too easy for me how they just do it yeah no it just doesn't quite feel feel real um in that regards but i think we probably got to give them a little bit of license here um yeah and, and then it obviously gets incredibly real when um you know one of them goes into cardiac arrest and um just just even the scenes where they're kind of like like shoving stuff in and under the you know onto the head and stuff like it oh man it's just it's really really hard to watch some of this stuff yeah i agree and it's uh, look, I, I'm very complimentary of, um, you know, the, the special effects and the props department in Nip Tuck. I feel that they always do a fantastic job. Um, but I, I really also feel that this episode kind of lets the guard down a little bit. Because, I mean, I, I realise, I understand that it's probably very hard to create two separate versions of actual conjoined twins in real life. Um, but I just, I just feel that when you see them separate, I know, I know you kind of only see like a bit of their face and cause you know, uh, they've got bandages and all that sort of stuff, but like, it just to me doesn't really even look like the two that we've seen. And there's a scene there where, um, is it Sean giving the, uh, the, what do you call it? Chest compressions. And it just, to me, like that, it looks way too fake there. Like he's, he's pressing way too hard on that person. And that's he's like, you see that, like the way it is, the moving up and down. I think the Kimber doll in an episode looks a bit more realistic than some of these. <laughs> like, again, and I don't want to be horrible because like, I think Nip Tuck is, you know, one of the best shows when it comes to the realism and kind of their medical stuff. But there's a lot of this scene kind of after they're separate that I, at that point, don't feel like I'm watching them, you know, saving people's lives, which is, I guess, that realism factor that you want. You want to believe you are literally watching a life and death situation. I'm watching it going, I'm watching an actor, like, pressing on a dummy. So... Yeah, I, I just think there's a lot lost in this scene in terms of the realism. I, I don't know if that's just me or not. No, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, you know, I, I, to me, it's not such a problem because I think um, 
the the bigger story is really about these two guys and you know like this is the, this is the second point i wanted to come back to where there's a lot of good facial acting going on here and i think um julia mcmahon really sells this moment you know after the the twin that he's working on dies and um suddenly the other one starts going to cardiac arrest and, and sean yeah. got this but you know she can survive on her own she can survive on her own and you know, the way the story's going in this episode, you kind of expect that she's going to die right in that moment. And when she doesn't, it's a little bit of a surprise. So, um, yeah, I definitely agree that it, you do kind of feel like you get taken out of it a little bit. But I think the background story is really good. So I'm not as worried about that because I think that um, the, the story that we've got going on is strong enough to cover for it, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's, um, yeah. It, yeah, you sold that well, I think. Well done. Good job. Uh, you swayed. Yeah, so, <laughs> and then we, we kind of move into this this next scene, which is, uh, or, well, the set of scenes, which are, you know, awesome again. So, obviously, this is, you know, Sean at the bar and, um, you know, gets propositioned by Renee the hooker. Um, <laughs> I love how you remember her name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't know why that stuck out to me, but it did. Um, and, and, yeah, and, you know, ends up taking her back to the dorm room which is which is brilliant um and i guess probably the the, the thing around this is that she's you know blonde looks a bit like julia i suppose um, a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so i mean it's a it's a bit deliberate obviously um yeah and and this leads into you know this great this great threesome scene which is just brilliant like i just i just love the whole thing it's just so much fun um this is one of those ones where i um you know, I often don't don't notice the music as much on the show, and, and that's actually a bit of a compliment. Like, it never really stands out to me because I think it's all really well done. But this song, I think, just for whatever reason, I've always remembered it as just such a weird song. Um, but you know, it, it's it, it just for whatever reason. It's so it's Todd Rundgren. Um, I, I assume it's called "Can We Still Be Friends" or something like that. Um, again, haven't done my research as I always do. Um, and yeah, it's just like the whole scene is just like quite. This is where I was talking about probably the comedy aspect of it, that it's just, you know, like Sean kind of says, oh, you always wanted to share, now you get a chance to share, and, and you know, assumes that, um, it tells her that she's going to be called Julia for the night and this kind of stuff. It's all just, to me, it's all just pretty comical, really. Yeah. Uh, I just, one real quick thing, which I forgot to mention, just looking at the music, you reminded me, actually. You're right, it's called Can We Still Be Friends? Um, but the the music during the surgery, the flower duet, oh! Uh, Oh, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, like that just works yeah. really well. Um, I, I before I get to the threesome, I just uh, sorry, three way as they refer to it a lot as um, the 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 bar scene, like when he's like with her, like I, I just love kind of the way they're bouncing back and forth with each other, and like when he says, like he says, I'm a plastic surgeon, and what does she say, like, oh, should I get a boo job? And he's like, um, oh, you already have, and it's like, uh, you're you're good, and it's like, so are they? <laughs> like I just like yeah. that kind of like little back and forth banter. Um, and then just the way he, like, straight away is like, how much? Like, I mean, I'm sure there's been plenty of men in the history of the world who have, have you know, look, I'm going to be honest with you. If I'm at a bar and someone like that comes up to me and starts talking to me, I'm probably going to say how much. I'm not going to believe she's actually coming after me. Um, so, I'm sure at the end of the day, though, like, I mean, we kind of see a reversal, reversal of that in the next episode. Um, yes, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, I, like... I used to have a real problem with this scene. Like, I used to just hate this so much. I just used to think this was so, like, over-the-top cheesy and just, like, really, really. But, like, I think kind of having seen this so many times now and just, like, taking it in, I think that that's the beauty of this scene. Like, this is what Nip Tuck does. This Nip Tuck does over-the-top, like, really moments so well into the context of a story 
And I think this is just one of many that we're going to have still across this show that you really, if you're analysing it like, really, Sean and Christian are going to have a threesome with somebody who just is exactly the same as Julia, uh, who they even, you know, pay her to call her Julia. Um, but it's just, it's so over the top, but it's like, I just, now I, I kind of really love it. Um, and the, like you saying this song, this song used to just remind me of Dumb and Dumber. Um, like the closing scene of, of, you know, the good Dumb and Dumber, the first one. Um, but like now, like, yeah, it's kind of like what we were talking before about, you know, hearing like Rocket Man and all these other songs that I just associate so much with scenes in, in, uh, Nip Tuck. And yeah, I hear this song. I just think of them having a three way. Um, so, but like, I do love how, like, yeah, they're having a three way threesome. You don't actually see them doing things at the same time. Again, I know creative no. licensing, it's a, you know, they probably couldn't get away with it. This is, you know, HBO, they probably could. I mean, it's still a fairly graphic sex scene, probably the most graphic we've had in terms of what they could get away with. But, um, you know, for the most part, we're seeing one of them sitting there watching, having, you know, a, a joint whilst the other's going to town. But then we obviously get that, like, little scene at the end where they're, like, sort of having those weird flashes with Julia. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's, I don't say dis- disturbing sounds like it's a bad thing, but it's like it's disturbingly bad, but done in such a good way that it makes it so memorable. And it's kind of like it leads up to this point. And um, yeah, I-, I used to hate it, but I really do like this scene now. And it just it just works really well in the context of their whole storyline. Yeah, it's um, it's a really good one for me. I mean, I, I really enjoy it. And I-, I do get what you're saying about the whole cheese. But uh, I-, I like I say, this is this is just part of what nip tuck is and you know if you don't enjoy this and you probably don't this might not be the show for you because but you've got to have moments like this that are a little bit overblown and probably wouldn't happen in real life but um you know it's i think you've just got to kind of roll with it a little bit um the one thing I, i'm not hugely keen on the you know kind of flashing into it being julia I, I, <laughs> I don't really like that but um i think you kind of have to do it as well i think the scene doesn't make as much sense if you don't do that stuff yeah, no, I completely agree. And just, you know, what does the, the line say? Or what, what does she say? Like, we'll always be together. And they both say yes or something like that. And just um, whatever it is that they say in that context. But um, I, I love the way that she just kind of leaves, takes the money, and it's just like, bye. And then they just kind of like, that's it. They go to sleep. Um, never mentioned again. Um, so, yeah. I just also, I do like the beginning of this where they hand each other the condoms. It's just like, okay. Uh, I mean, it's like, it's just yeah. such a, they're very open with that, aren't they? It's like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But no, and we kind of move past that. It's, um, it's a pretty isolated scene. It, it doesn't really lead anywhere else within the actual episode. And we kind of go into this, um, what I think is a quite a controversial scene, which is, um, oh, get it right. So it's Rose that survived and she's in recovery with her mother. Um, yeah. and, sh- and Sean comes in. Um, and, um, I, I just assume that all the doctors are, are coming in at one point or another. So I'm not assuming that Sean's taking, taking credit for this. Um, but, you know, the whole scene kind of leads to basically that they, the two of them had made a pact that if one of them died, then the other one would, would come off life support. Um, and, but they never signed it. They, you know, um, well, the mother, the mother didn't go through with it. And this is where I get a little bit confused around the legalities of this because the, the scene obviously ends with Sean kind of accepting what she's about to do and leaves the room while she turns off the life support. And, you know, like knowing what a litigious society America is, this seems like a crazy thing to do. I mean, I guess ultimately it's the mother doing it, but surely she would be up for kind of murder charges here, maybe. I don't know. Like the whole thing just feels a little bit 
too clean? Like, could you actually do this? Um, having never murdered anyone myself, Nick, I couldn't probably say a flat out yes or no. Um, yeah, it is kind of interesting because, um, yeah, she literally turns the machine off. I mean, what does she walk out of the room and go, oh shit, sorry, wrong button. Uh, sorry about that. Um, I was trying to increase her oxygen. Um, and obviously Sean's kind of witness to that. And yeah, so I, I, I don't know. It kind of like, this is a show though, that I guess they have disposed of a body with an alligator before and just got away with it. Um, so it's kind of smaller details here, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. I haven't really thought about it too much, but I mean, it's, it's a nice emotional scene and I guess she could argue, you know, oh, we had a, a what did she say? Like a spoken wheel or something like that. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's interesting how you put all that, but and it's kind of it's interesting that we kind of get this heavy controversial scene just after we've just seen what we've just seen. So yeah, <laughs> but I mean it's um uh, it's kind of like a, a a sweet and sad way to end the story. Um, but it kind of goes back to you know obviously when he was working on her on the table and saying no she can survive on her own. Well, technically she and this is going to the bigger storyline obviously that you know technically yes she can survive on her own, but. She's she is a lot worse off by being on her own, and so this is you know, kind of that moment that that convinces Sean that he's going to continue to work with Christian, and, and that kind of takes us into uh, the next scene where um, you know basically the the two doctors are stitching them back together, which was you know the wish of the mother that they would that you know they would be together at the end, um, which is quite a sweet way to kind of end this. And obviously we get that music back again, um, you know that we had during the surgery scene. We kind of get that back at the end. Um, yeah, so I, I think that that's, um, it's quite a nice way to cap off the episode. And you know, I, I obviously do like the the kind of scene we have between Christian and Sean where he says, you know, I'm never going to forgive you, but, um, you know, ultimately, you know, we're better off working together type of thing. Um, yeah, so, I, I, I mean, there's a lot to kind of unpack within a couple of scenes, but I'm not sure there's a huge amount we need to go over in that final episode, in that final scene other than the, the kind of... Um, you know, the dialogue that's happening between the two of them at the end there. Yeah, I agree. And I, I like, like the scene where when he mentions about, like, Matt is the best thing we ever produced or something like that, and that's a connection I can't let die. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it, it just comes full circle. I think it works. And, like, yeah, obviously, like he says, like, I'll never forgive you. And, I mean, it's obviously um, it plays into the next episode where you mentioned before about how, you know, he can forgive Christian but not Julia. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of, I'm just trying to think whether a whole lot of the, I mean, it does kind of get raised some points about like him not being the real dad, but I, I think it's kind of, I don't, it's not forgotten. It's never forgotten, but it's kind of, it's not as uh, big of a deal. I feel in a lot of the future episodes as it necessarily could be, if that makes sense. But, um, you know, I think it's obviously a lot about acceptance. I mean, what more of a storyline can you really get? It, it kind of works into it as well, but, um, yeah, it's it's I think a good way to kind of really um, I wouldn't say conclude the animosity between the two of them, but um, you know at least it comes comes full circle and literally came full circle at one point in this episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, so yeah, I mean, to me, I think we've kind of covered all the all the basic stuff in this episode. Um, it's a really good one, um, and and I really enjoy what's happening here. Um, so I, I think I, I think we can probably go into um, our review of this, uh, whether it's a, a buy, a rent, or a bin. So I'll, I'll let you have the first crack here. What, what's your kind of um, your call on that one? 
Uh, I'm going to buy it. I think it's a very important episode just to kind of establish uh, the grounds between these two and revisit a lot of their relationship um, and just kind of obviously set a few things up in terms of how they met and just really solidifying it and just going on that. And it's just, yeah, it's it's an, it's a interesting episode and definitely a bite in terms of the memorability factor like it's like i didn't definitely disagree i didn't disagree with you last episode to say about how last episode was a uh a, an unforgettable episode and as we kind of went over i feel that you know there's a moment in last episode that w- will clearly go down in our top five moments of this season arguably maybe the top five moments in the history of this show but i think as an overall package this episode is definitely worth a worth a buy and a, an important episode in the history of the show yeah, and uh, I'll, I'll totally back you up there. I think it is a, it's a not only is it an important episode, but it's actually a really entertaining episode as well. And I think at the end of the day, you know, while it's important to look at these episodes that are important and crucial to the show, I think it's also worth remembering it's a, it is a TV show, and we want to we want to be entertained. And I'm definitely entertained by this, so it's it's a buy for me as well. Four in a row for you, Nicholas. Four bites in a row. That's your that's your record. Wow. Just looking here, uh, wow. four yeah, in well, a row. I mean, Definitely, uh, this season is living up to um, the hype that that we started it with at the beginning. So, yeah, um, I'm I'm not surprised that I've reached that conclusion. It's got to end sooner or later. Uh, whether that's next episode or, or a little bit further um, is yet to be determined. But um, that will definitely do us for this one. So, um, looking forward, uh, we are getting back into one of our favourite characters for the next. Well, one of my favourite characters, anyway. So. Uh, yeah, no, not quite what I was thinking. But, um, <laughs> well, she's yeah, in the next episode. Yeah. So. Yeah, well, she is. Yeah, we, we're starting to get some of our favourite characters back. But um, obviously the next one is actually, uh, it's a Kimber episode. And um, there's so much fun in this next episode. It really, really is a good a good one. Um, I, I would say that we're probably, um, you know, these next couple of episodes um, are, are good ones. But it's kind of the in between the two big storylines of the season. So obviously the, the Matt stuff is really important. And um, the Carver stuff is really important, and we're kind of we, we're heading into the in between episodes really at the moment. Um, so there's there's a few of them, and then we get kind of get back into um, th- that Carver storyline to kind of finish off the episode. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how these two work out when you consider that they potentially don't have a lot to do with the big season long storylines. Yeah. Um, but the to, to my thinking, they're still a hell of a lot of fun. So I'm I'm looking forward to talking about them. Yeah, uh, next episode, um, yeah, definitely got a lot of fun stuff in it. And, um, I mean, there's a sex doll in it, so what, what's not to love about that? And Annie is in it, yeah. too. So, yeah. yeah. I don't know what gets yeah. me more excited. Probably the sex doll, because Annie's still a little girl in this, and that's inappropriate for me to say that. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's move right along. But, uh, no, it's, it's, it's been a hell of a lot of fun talking about this episode. I'm looking forward to getting to the next one. Um, so, for now, that's us. It's the Oz Network. Don't forget to uh, check us out on Facebook and uh, on Twitter. And all the normal places where you come and talk to us and, and give us some feedback because we'd love to hear what you're thinking of these episodes. But uh, for now, um, I'm Nick and three ways a double. And my name is Ben and fine, I'm a liar. I'm the worst human being on the planet. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.